Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here to wrap up the week on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat, love to talk with y'all. Shout out to the regulars on there. Uh, you guys keep me going throughout the show. You guys calling in do as well. Love to talk to you, and we have plenty to talk about today. I need to read a pair of tweets to you. And it goes along with something that I was saying the other day. From Julio Donahue with The Illuminator. The Louisiana Senate Finance Committee, which is supposed to be involved in building the budget, is holding a hearing to discuss what is in that budget next Tuesday at 1 p.m. In nearly a decade, I've never seen something like that. The second tweet from O'Donohue. It's a quote. I wasn't even able to read the changes. Didn't have time, said Senator Bodie White of the state budget uh, that was approved last week. And then in parentheses, O'Donohue adds, again, White would be expected to have known more about the budget plan than most as head of the Senate Finance Committee. What did I tell you earlier this week? They have no idea what they passed in the budget. Come to find out, there's a pay cut for judges. Come to find out, money that was needed for a technology upgrade for the state Supreme Court, not included. Oh, speaking of technology upgrades, how about all the money that is in the budget busting the spending cap that is, by the way, not been used to upgrade our uh, electronic systems in the state, so now all of our personal information is uh, is in the hands of some Russian hackers. Because these Russian hackers found an exploit in a third-party software that is used by a lot of states and a lot of state agencies. And the aging technology, the aging digital infrastructure in the state hasn't been updated to prevent a vulnerability like that. Despite all the money we spend on our state agencies, apparently a technological upgrade wasn't involved. So now all of our private information is at risk. Again, I say to you, Why even have a state government? Why even have a state legislature? This is incompetence at every level. Every Louisiana citizen whose information is in the state system for a state driver's license, anything like that, any government information that the state has, has been exposed in this hack. The state legislature needs to call itself into a special session and there need to be three items on the docket. The first, as my friend Scott McKay at the Hayride points out, is an item that would pay for free credit monitoring for all Louisiana citizens. Because the state could not take care of our information, the state owes it to us to have to buy for us a subscription to some service that monitors our credit so that we make sure Russians aren't out there on the dark web selling your social security numbers. Because I don't want some Russian hacker to buy some 
property in Washita Parish with my in- credit and information. I'm already going back in, changing all of my passwords, already going in, checking all those systems, maybe looking into a Life Alert, sub- Life Alert subscription. I don't know. But I know it's coming. That information's out there. Because the state spends all of this money, gives pork projects to every legislator that can support the abomination of a spending bill. They can't bother to throw money at systems that need to be upgraded. You'll note this didn't happen in every state. Not every state is reporting this. Only states were that where agencies had systems that were completely out of date. So first item of business for this special session that the legislature should call for itself is the legislature should approve the state getting every Louisiana resident whose information was in, exposed in that hack credit monitoring for free. We shouldn't have to pay a dime for it, you and me. I mean, technically through tax money, it would be paid for by us. But you know what I'm saying? Nothing out of pocket directly for us right now. It's their screw up. Second item of business. Passing a bill that nullifies the budget that was submitted and given to John Bell Edwards and crafting an entirely new one. One where everybody actually has time to read what's in the budget So we know that everybody who deserves money gets their money and everybody who doesn't, doesn't get a dime. And a new budget be crafted and sent to John Bell Edwards' desk. Third item on this special session agenda. They need to dock their own pay equivalent to what it would take to have this special session because they didn't do their damn jobs. Now, Maybe they need a little bit more because inevitably John Bell Edwards is going to veto the, the child sex change ban. He's going to veto that. So maybe you need a veto override session for that. I don't know. Some things he's going to veto. Yeah. But under no circumstances should the legislature be done when they didn't do their job in the first place. And it is mind numbing. Mind numbing. To think that the chairman of the Senate Finance Committee does not know what's in the budget bill that the legislature passed. We are run by fools, liars, crooks. Not a single honest one among them, I think. McKay was right the other day when he wrote not a single state senator should should be back in office next year. And some of these representatives that are now running for Senate shouldn't be in the Senate either. How messed up. I want to say it's something else, but I can't use that kind of language on the radio. But it's messed up. These people didn't do their jobs. They did not do their job. It was a fiscal session. They did not do their job. They passed a budget that busts the spending cap. There are no cuts. There is nothing to help keep the state solvent because guaranteed it's not going to be before too long. 
the money that they throw into the spending bill year after year is not being used on vital things like updating information systems that have our personal information. And they're paying each other off with money for special projects so they can get reelected while nothing actually gets done. That is, they haven't done their job. They haven't done a single thing to actually govern the state. The leg- I mentioned it yesterday. In the, in the U.S. Constitution, the primary governing body of a constitution in that first article of the U.S. Constitution is the legislative branch. Our legislative branch doesn't do a damn thing. They squabble over stuff that doesn't matter. They have all of these high talking points in the campaign, all these wonderful philosophical ideas, and then they pass garbage and call it a budget. They spent more money than has ever been spent before, and things that are vital to the infrastructure of government are not getting funded. And if they did fund things like a technology upgrade, they better investigate and figure out where the hell that money went, because clearly it didn't go into infrastructure that would help protect the private information of you and me. In, an, in a legislative session filled with incompetency, this is by far the biggest point of concern. They don't know. The people on the, the budget committees, on the finance committees, have no idea what's in the budget that was passed. And they busted the spending cap without ensuring that any of that money actually goes to things that benefit you and me. Not a single person in the legislative branch of our state government deserves their job. Some are a little more deserving than others. But given the way this went down, except for, you know, the 19 conservatives who held the line, not a single person involved should be returning to Baton Rouge next year. Not a single one. They 100% abdicated their responsibility to John Bell Edwards. And Edwards in his office came up with a plan. They gave it to Paige Cortez. And Cortez said, yep, that's cool. Let's buy off these members so they can vote for it. You know, somebody sent a message to the KPL app to to Moon Show this morning. Appreciate the fight y'all put up on the budget battle, but don't under but this person who's sending out the message doesn't understand any surprise at how it went down. No, that's the problem. Moon's not surprised by this. I'm not surprised by this. Scott McKay at the Hayride's not surprised with it. But we're constantly disappointed because people go there and say we're going to do better. And they do worse somehow. It's disappointment. The definition of insanity, as we've said time after time, is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. We send the same people, the same types of people, over and over to Baton Rouge, and voters expect different results, and they never get it. And those of us who have paid attention for more than 10 minutes, we know, we know we're not going to get different results, because nothing has really changed. Kudos to the real conservatives who go there and try to impart some kind of change, but you're fighting against a tradition of stagnation.
we are screwed because of these people. We are personally screwed because of these people because they could not make sure that the money that is being spent, the massive amount of money being spent is being used on things like digital infrastructure to protect our identities. We are now directly screwed, not just screwed down the line, the usual governmental sense, but directly screwed because of it. 232-1542 if you want to call in, be part of the conversation, or send a message to the KPL app chat. Got more on the way here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, let's go ahead and jump to the phone lines. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line? Hey, it's Sean. Hey, Sean, what's up? Hey, so I understand our illustrious uh, governor is going to be in France, uh, going to take in a little air show. Um, you know, this is like the fourth time in three years, I believe. And yeah. Uh, Latoya, Latoya is going to be in South Korea um, working on uh, climate change, I believe. So um, have those visits got us, like, any revenue in the state as maybe jobs or some kind of returning investment for them, you know, kind of, uh, you know, going on our dime? Well, if you read the press releases from the governor's office, yeah, they're bringing in new industry, diversified energy industry, and we have these wonderful places that are getting built and all these jobs are coming to the area. What you don't see are any press releases from his office once those businesses say, actually, we're not coming to Louisiana at all. So the answer, in short, is no. We, we've got zero growth from any of those. But but Edwards, is is he's lobbying for a lobby job. He wants to work and he, he wants to be a lobbyist for the green energy sector. That's where all the money is for Democrats. Yeah, so same old, same old. Yep, so, nothing new under the sun is there. Yeah. All right, bud. All right, thank you. I thought I was the only one. Nope, nope, you were not. And that that's the thing. Um, it's just we, we've really gotten uh, – we, we don't care. We, we don't care that this governor is taking all of these trips outside of the state. He, he's taking outside the country, going on these expeditions for diversifying our, our workforce, our, our industry, uh, which is code for we need to break away from the energy industry that has so dominated the Louisiana economy. Um, he, he really wants to bring, he wants Louisiana to be at the forefront of green energy. And the green energy industry is not doing well. There's, most people are not able to afford the green energy initiative. Some people are able to get the solar panels on their house, and some people are able to buy the Tesla or, you know, get the car, afford the car note for a Tesla. But most Americans aren't. And here in the state, our income level, our, po- our income level is lower. Our poverty level is higher. We're definitely not affording that stuff, and yet they keep pushing it. And they will continue to. And, and John Bill Edwards just, I guess, wants to be a lobbyist for the green industry. Who knows? All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Americans are depressed. It's not really hard to see why, but we will talk about that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. There's a story out there that I want you to be aware of because I have talked about these issues beyond the scope of politics. These are uh, 
these are important issues that we need to address. And I've mentioned time and time again, we're not doing all right. And there's a news story out there. CNN's got this one in their health section on the website. Nearly one in five U.S. adults have been diagnosed with depression, and the prevalence varies dramatically by state, according to a CDC report. The survey data show that the 10 states with the highest prevalence of adults saying they've been diagnosed with depression before were in descending order West Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, Vermont, Arkansas, Vermont, Alabama, Louisiana, Washington, Missouri, and Montana. So Louisiana is seven. We're in the top seven, according to the CDC, for most depressed state. And I say that as somebody who has been diagnosed with depression. Um, it's a very, very serious issue. And I think a lot of it has to do with, well, I mean, okay, we know economics are a factor of it. And in Louisiana, poverty rates, uh, lower household income, uh, fewer opportunities, uh, people you know leaving the state because of it, that sort of thing, that does play a, a, a big role in what's happening in Louisiana. But also, just in general, on a societal level, adults are more and more likely to be diagnosed with depression if they are if if they fall into these general categories of people who are almost overly attached to politics really just overly attached to almost anything but politics in particular seems to be even more soul-sucking than normal We have an increasingly pessimistic view of the country. In fact, another study, uh, Pew Research, has a poll. uh, When asked about the state of the United States, 66% of Americans say the country will be weaker by 2050. 77% say the country will be more politically divided. And 81% say the gap between the rich and the poor will grow. That is not an optimistic view of the country. We don't have a whole lot of optimism among us as U.S. citizens. And part of it is I think that we are paying more attention to politics and the negativity of politics now than we were. And that's partly because of the the communications boom that we've experienced over the last 10, 20 years. Smartphones, social media, just so much connectivity that even people who don't pay a whole lot of attention to politics are just bombarded with political opinion and outrage and all this from all over. It's a sensory overload of outrage and anger that we're seeing on social media time after time after time. And then, of course, you take into the things we've talked about as far as kids being targeted with it. When a lot of this social media stuff was rolling around, I mean, MySpace and Facebook were starting out when I was in high school And it's only grown since then. So millennials have been exposed to this uh, generally longer and through more of their formative years than any other or the first generation. And then 
as social media has grown, the generations that have come after millennials have just gotten more and more exposed to the point where they're being targeted specifically by algorithms that are out to make them feel bad. We've talked before, the Instagram algorithms, Instagram owned by Meta, Facebook's parent company, the Instagram algorithms will push body shaming content to young girls. TikTok will push all of that stuff at young teens. TikTok is one of the primary pushers of the trans stuff at our kids on social media. And then as those algorithms continue to take root, those kids grow up, they become adults, they too are are diagnosed with depression because they've had so much thrown at them over life through social media that it only gets worse. But right now, adults are more depressed than ever because we are hyper-connected and yet even more remote from each other than we used to be. There's no reprieve from it either. We have various voids. We have a religious void in our society and in our lives. A spiritual void. We have emotional voids. We are more connected to our phones than we are with our family and our friends. Social voids, educational voids because of COVID-19 and the like. There's so much more emptiness inside in ways that we're supposed to develop and we haven't. And because of that lack of social and emotional and intellectual development and growth and connection, we are more and more depressed. That lack of spirituality leads us to an emptiness that we can't fill with anything else. There was a, I know I've mentioned it before, there was a string of stories at the height of ISIS. There were stories of Americans that were leaving the U.S. to go join ISIS because ISIS promised spiritual fulfillment. It offered something they weren't getting in America. The kids aren't all right, but neither are we. We're not healthy anymore. I don't mean physically healthy. I don't mean the obesity or anything like that. The obesity academic, the fentanyl. I mean, health. The obesity and and fentanyl epidemics, also spiritual, emotional voids, social voids. We fill those with other things, physical things that we want to take that place, but they, they don't. Try to fill the loneliness and depression with some sort of drug to make us feel better and only makes us feel worse when the drug wears off. Same with food. And I love food. But yeah, it's a problem. We are not healthy. Americans are more depressed than ever. According to Dr. Rebecca Brindle, president of the American Psychiatric Association, the fact that Americans are more depressed and struggling after this time of incredible stress and isolation is perhaps not surprising. There are lingering effects on our health, especially our mental health, from the past three years that disrupted everything we knew. But this goes beyond COVID-19. This goes well beyond the pandemic. We were already shutting ourselves away before the pandemic. Very briefly, um, I had a podcast with my best friend, uh, Lee Gidry, who was at the advertiser at the time. We had a podcast at the advertiser called Homestyle. And the entire point of the podcast was to talk about things we do with our families, things we do with our friends, hobbies, crafts, things like that. Things that we like doing that bring fulfillment to us. But we shared them with 
our listeners because it wasn't just about what we like to do. It's about getting together and sharing these things is sharing these experiences with our audience. The very same idea is that we share these connections with our friends and our family. One of the most important things we can do is go back to breaking bread with each other, not just across the family table, but in with our neighbors, with friends. The most relaxing thing I did recently was go out with a group of friends, went over to uh, the flats, had a burger, had a couple of drinks, and we just visited, went back to one of their houses and just chilled and, and visited and caught up, something we hadn't done together in a while. It's the most relaxing night I think I've had in a very long time. But we don't do that near enough anymore. We don't break bread with each other near enough anymore. We don't establish and maintain those social connections near enough. We're also a lot more aware of our mental health now. We have people who are talking about now, but talking about mental health, talking about depression, talking about anxiety, talking about all these things isn't the same as doing something about it. One of the most popular sets of memes out there is people joking about their anxiety or their depression or things like that and, and making jokes about it like, ha ha, this is funny, look what's happening to me. But that's not actually addressing the issue, that's, that's making light of it. Those same people who share those memes are incredibly unlikely to actually go to a therapist, go to a doctor, talk about those issues, try to fix those issues. We'll joke about it, hey... My mental disorder is doing this today. It's wacky. No, we, we need to actually fix those things. This has been going on a lot longer than the pandemic. The pandemic exacerbated it quite a bit. This has been going on way longer than that. We as a country have absolutely failed in ways other countries haven't in terms of taking care of our mental health. We are alone. We are isolated. We're not connected to each other in any meaningful way anymore. There's a reason I insist y'all call the show. There's a reason I insist that y'all send a message to the KPL app. It's because it's because those connections are important. We may not be talking in person, face to face, you callers and you app chatters. Boomer, I see you messaging in. That's hilarious. But that's a connection that we're building between radio show host and audience. The, the way I've always approached the show is the way that Rush Limbaugh approached his show. And I'm not saying I'm Rush Limbaugh. Far from it. I, I, I will never be Rush. And I, and I know I will never be Rush Limbaugh. But there's one philosophy he had about his show that I agree with totally. That this show is a conversation between you and me. And you and I will disagree. And you and I will agree sometimes. We'll disagree sometimes. We'll agree sometimes. But at the end of the day, I will understand you and you will understand me. And we will have established that connection. But there are people out there who don't establish those connections, either with their audience or even with their own family and friends. They would rather be isolated. They would rather just shout insults on social media. They would rather just isolate from people because the world is out to get them. They don't like the world. They don't like what the country is doing. They don't like the direction of the country. They don't want to be a part of it anymore. They just want to 
I can't say the word. I want to say whine and moan about it. But we need to come together more. We need to be with each other more. We are now more depressed than ever. And it's because we have allowed these voids in our souls, in our hearts to grow. Spiritual, emotional, social, whatever you want to call it. We are missing those things. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation, we'll take our last break. When we come back, more to say. And, of course, your calls, your comments here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to call. Got a couple minutes left in the show, or you can send a message to the KPL app chat as well. I've mentioned a time or two that the shifting demographics in the country are a problem for the Democratic Party, and it is no exception that this one is coming up as well. And you should note, this is a pretty big change from the way things have been for over a decade. Well, let's see, a couple decades now. The newest group, the newest demographic to conservative politics are traditional Muslim families. This from the website Semaphore. In late March, after the Montgomery County, Maryland School District announced that students could not opt out of reading books with LGBTQ themes, the local chapter of Moms for Liberty started to organize. County organizer Lindsey Smith arrived at a school board meeting with signs printed by the conservative group that read, We do not co-parent with the government. That was how Smith met the Muslim families new to conservative politics who were also demanding a restored opt-out policy and taking their signs. Within weeks, they'd shown up to the board meetings with, uh, in the hundreds. We had the same family values, Smith told Semaphore. They created a team out of people that weren't expecting to team up with. The Board of Education forgot the demographics of their county, if I'm being honest. Twelve years ago, House Republicans questioned whether the Council on American-Islamic Relations, CARE, was a terrorist organization. Last week, CARE was on site at the board meeting lobbying for a policy that would let Muslim students skip the LGBTQ reading to fix what Maryland CARE director Zainab Chaudhry called the growing sense of hurt and betrayal experienced by our communities. Because the left has once again sworn itself so completely to the trans cause and has pushed for these extreme policies and pushing the trans ideology down the throats of the American people, demographics that were traditionally more Democratic-leaning are now leaning more toward the Republican Party. Republicans and Muslim families, frankly, have not been on great terms since 2001. And yet, where we're at now... They have the same politics because the government is forcing something that they don't believe in. And what we're seeing as a result is more and more allies where there used to not be, and they're allying against the Democrats. You guys have a great day.
I will be back. I'm going to be out all of next week. You've got best ofs Monday and Tuesday, and then Mark Pope will be filling in Wednesday through Friday. Y'all treat him nice, as nice as you treat me. But I will be back the following week. I just need a vacation like all of you. In the meantime, even during that break, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, or email Joe at RedState.com. Shannon is offsides as usual next here on News Talk 96.5. KPEL, stick around.